Welcome back to the Failing Forward podcast with Nikki Losh. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Jody Eleanor. She is an expert in holistically helping heal anxiety. And I know that you guys have been wanting to learn more about anxiety, have maybe been dealing with it, have questions about it. I've had a lot of you reach out to me on Instagram just saying, Niku, I'm just so anxious and I'm stressed out and I'm just having a hard time like getting my head together right now during the end of the year and the holidays and pandemic and all that. So your questions have been heard and your answers are being delivered today. If you love this content, I ask you graciously, please share it with someone that you know needs to hear the message because the whole goal of our podcast is to help bring women together to learn how to fill forward and live their best lives. And how you help us get this message out there is by subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review and sharing it with your bestie. Jody, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here today. Super excited and super grateful to have you. So you have a really interesting story and I love your mission. You're on a mission to help women heal anxiety holistically so that they can enjoy their lives and really not worry about fearing life, right? Can you tell me about your story? How did you feel forward? Where did this all begin? Oh my goodness. If you have four hours, we might get through it. Um, but <laughs> I love it. I'll try and give you the Coles note. So my story I mean, really it started at birth, but if we want to start before that, it started in Tanzania when I, uh, I lived there for about a year and a half on an internship. Oh, about 15 years ago now. And I picked up some sort of gut issue that I couldn't get resolved with, um, came back to Canada where I'm from and thought, you know, the medical system here is going to be able to figure it out. They're going to have a pill. I'm going to pop it everything is going to be great. And, um, that is not what happened. So that was kind of the start of my journey. I had gut issues, um, like chronically since then. And, um, the anxiety started about eight years after I came back. And so at the time I thought, you know, the anxiety is just because I've had gut issues for so long, I'm probably not absorbing things. There's probably some imbalance going on. This is how my body's responding. Um, and so I just chalked it up to the gut brain connection and kept diving after the gut. Now that, and we talk a lot about gut healthy and the importance of our gut because the food that we eat affects our mood, the health of our gut affects our immune system and all the other systems of our body. So I love that you've been really honing in on that gut brain connection. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the gut issues that you were experiencing for listeners that might be experiencing similar ones? Yeah. I mean, for me, it started with chronically loose stools and that's why I knew that, um, there was something off, right? Like that's not normal. And it was a switch for me. So, and I was living in a country that had a lot of parasites. So intuitively I was like, there must be a parasite. We're just not getting it. Um, and it turned out that I did have a parasite, but none of the tests that I did through the conventional system really showed anything. And I think this is where a, lo a lot of women struggle, right? Because they have, um, you know, either chronically loose stool or it's alternations between constipation and diarrhea or it's constipation, but you kind of know intuitively, like something's not right. Right. And then for me, I went to my doctor and they were just like, you know what, Jody, it's just IBS. And I was like, no, no, it's not, it, you know, it's not just IBS. It's it's probably a parasite. We need to dive deeper. And all of the stool tests kept coming back negative. And so when I found functional medicine and knew that they could run parasite tests, they came out with one about a couple of years after I discovered it called the GI map. I was super excited um, because I thought, you know, now I'm going to start to get some answers. And one of the parasites that showed up on one of the tests that I did, um, was it was called blastocystis hominis and it caused the symptoms that I was experiencing. So, you know, here I was, oh gosh, that was over eight years later, finally getting answers. And what was interesting is that until recently, the medical community didn't recognize that it was causing symptoms in people. So they'd go, oh, you have blasto, that's not a big deal. And so intuitively I knew something was going on, 
um, and was able to find that. And then a worm also crawled out of me as well. Um, and the interesting piece is that I went to see Toronto's, you know, leading um, tropical medicine doctor. And I was like, listen, buddy, there's a worm in me. I know it. I know there's a worm in me. And he ran all of these tests, which obviously aren't very good. And he's like, nope, you're fine. And then about six months later, um, a worm came crawling out of me. Holy guacamole. As you're telling that story, the audience wasn't able to see that. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm on my side, like jaw dropped, eyes open, like what? And it's so interesting. So I want to dive into one other thing because I didn't give you a full proper introduction. Jody Eleanor, our guest today is trained as a therapist. She is also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner like yours truly. And she's a yoga instructor like yours truly. So we are two women um, that are on the same mission to help bring women the knowledge and the education and the information through our journey in healing ourselves holistically. One thing that Jody pointed out is she was going to the top doctors in her area. And she intuitively knew that something was wrong with her. She felt inside of her that something wasn't right. And every doctor is looking at the lab work, the blood work, her symptoms, and just saying, this is normal. This is irritable bowel syndrome based on the symptoms. They weren't getting down to the root cause and they were not listening to her speak intuitively about what she was experiencing. And this is a major problem right now in our society. I had a very similar experience, Jody. I had been on this journey since I was 15 years old. I'm now in my mid thirties. So 18 years of trying to figure out why I've been dealing with chronic depression. Um, at one point I thought I was bipolar, um, dealing with major anxiety that then led to postpartum depression when I had my first baby. And every doctor that I went to was like, your hormones are fine. Your blood work is fine. Your vitamin D is good. Every, your thyroid is fine. Everything's good. It's just irritable bowel syndrome. It was the same diagnosis. Um, you just, you, you're just more of a gassy individual. Like everything's fine. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I can go three, four days without a bowel movement. You're telling me that's normal. I can eat something and immediately bloat and look like I'm four months pregnant. You're telling me that that's normal. There are times when I wake up and I'm just exhausted and I slept eight hours that night. You're telling me that's normal. And it wasn't until I met a incredible functional medicine doctor two years ago that looked at the exact same blood work and lab work that was done by multiple different doctors. I'm talking GI specialist, hormone specialist, um, my primary care physician, you name it. And she's like, hmm, based on these levels, yes, you fell into the normal range, but based on the symptoms that you're telling me you're experiencing, you would benefit by having a little bit higher vitamin D, by having a little bit higher you know, we need to monitor your gap, but just all these interesting things. She looked at it holistically, not just based on what the science said and what the lab said, but based on what I was telling her, I was feeling, she looked at the entire picture and she really started thinking in terms of what is the root cause of what's making Niku feel this way. And she's the one that helped me heal from my postpartum depression. First thing that she said is you're telling me every time you eat, you chronically bloat. I was a yes, literally 99.9% of the time I bloat immediately. She's like, tell me about the foods that you're eating. No one else had asked me that question. I'm like, really? What are your staples? And I told her, I was like, well, in the mornings I eat this and I, I love my bagel, right? But it's a healthy bagel. It's a Dave's killer bagel with the protein and all of that. And I like it with a Greek yogurt, cream cheese. And she's like, okay, wait, stop. Let me write this down. And then she's like, what do you usually have for lunch? I was like, well, for lunch, I usually have like a microgreen salad with a homemade, you know, dressing. It's usually just olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Let's keep it real. And then I'll put on some like beets and I love hearts of palm. And she's like, okay, that's an issue. She's writing it down. And I'm like, why is she telling me all the things that I think are healthy are problems? Mm -hmm. We get through the whole thing. And at the end, she's like, have you been tested for SIBO? Has anyone told you that you may have a leaky gut? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And mind you, at this point, I'd gone to over 14 different doctors. Yeah. I can specialist dermatologist for my skin issues, right? Mm -hmm. I was having acne and cystic acne and just everything eczema. I had really, really bad eczema. 
And the dermatologists were like, here's a steroid cream. Here's spironolactone. Do this. I would go to a hormone specialist for testosterone shots and hormone therapy. And that would cause other issues. So anyways, this doctor's like, I think you have a leaky gut. We need to test you for that. I take the test, do it at home, get the results back. Guess what? I have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So no matter how healthy or clean the foods that I was eating, every time I ate something that was not per proper SIBO protocol, it would cause this immediate bloating because I had this overgrowth of bad bacteria in my gut that would just start causing all this inflammation that was, has been sitting there for over 15 years. And no one was able to diagnose that I have chronic inflammation, right? And it was a cause of an overgrowth of bacteria. And it was because of the foods that I was eating and the high stress level that I was living. And when she told me that I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is what I've been looking for for 18 years. This is the answer I've been seeking in all of these specialists and they're amazing specialists. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about our medical system. It's just that in modern medicine right now, everyone is an expert in their niche, but they're not learning how to look at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. I walk in, I have a symptom, my skin, I have a rash, I have eczema. They treat this symptom. They don't seek the root cause of that symptom. They don't find the connections between my skin and my gut, my mood and my gut, et cetera. So I just, I love this conversation. Yeah, for sure. I know when I got the, there's no parasites in you results, I actually started to cry because I was like, I know there's something you can tell that there's something right. Um, but it was so disappointing for me not to have an answer because when you don't have an answer, then you don't know how to heal. Right. And I think that's the biggest, um, challenge for women is that they're told it's all in their mind especially when we're dealing with anxiety, right? Like, oh, that's in your mind. It's just anxiety. So these physical root causes, these physical symptoms are, are being labeled as, you know, just anxiety when in fact, they're actually something way more than that. And so women end up second guessing themselves and then, you know, not really understanding that there is a root cause that they can heal. Because if you don't have a reason why something's happening, then you start to feel like you're going crazy. And then that feeds the anxiety that you already feel about not knowing. And so it becomes this vicious cycle, right? A thousand percent. And I think the most frustrating response that almost every woman hears when she's seeking out an issue within her that she knows is present is it's just normal. Yeah. And a lot of doctors say that you go to the doctor, Hey, I'm feeling this way, or this is what I'm experiencing. And they're like, it's just normal. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not normal. If you wake up in the morning and you're exhausted and you feel like you got a good night's rest or you got enough hours, that's not normal. Your feelings and emotions are valid. And it's your body trying to tell you that something is off. So let's talk about the root cause of anxiety. You are the anxiety expert. Can you talk Mm -hmm. to us about the root cause of anxiety? And then the hidden causes of anxiety that most people don't even realize exist. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we already talked about one of them. Um, So for me, obviously my um, parasitic infection and the giant worm that crawled out of me, I mean, nobody can have a worm living in you and not feel anxious. So infections are, you know, a really big piece of the puzzle and dealing with gut health. You've, you've already mentioned one actually, which is the foods you eat as well. Um, there is a massive gut to brain connection. Um, and so if we're not absorbing proper nutrients, if we have leaky gut, that's going to cause inflammation in the brain and cause leaky brain as well. And then that's going to affect neurotransmitter production, which is then going to lead, you know, directly into experiences of anxiety. And so that's like a really obvious one. I think a lot more people are starting to get on board with the gut to brain connection and really connect those dots. Now, some of the ones that people don't connect as much um, are things like copper toxicity. Um, You know, people think as soon as they hear the word copper, you know, they picture a factory or, you know, smoke coming out of somewhere and they're like, you know what, that's not me. I think we're good. Um, and copper, it's super interesting because it's a natural mineral that we need, but a lot of women right now have high, high levels of it. It becomes imbalanced and it becomes imbalanced for a couple of reasons. So one is, 
um, during pregnancy. So it naturally raises during pregnancy. And if you can't detox copper properly after pregnancy, um, then you're going to be stuck feeling super anxious and copper toxic. Um, the other one is um, estrogen dominance. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to know if you're estrogen dominant unless you properly test. But if you've been on birth control for two years or more, your body's had an experience of feeling like it's estrogen dominant. So, you know, when I talk to women who've been on birth control for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, that's 20 years of being estrogen dominant. And when you're estrogen dominant, what happens is the body will store copper. And so think 20 years of storing copper, you're going to have super high levels. Now, what's really interesting is that copper is stored in the brain and the liver, and it stimulates the adrenal glands. And the adrenals are where we respond to stress, right? So we're stimulating a stress response when we have copper toxicity. So there might not be, you know, anything external that's triggering and yet we might feel like we're completely on a roller coaster. And so that is, you know, a major, I mean, there's more, but that's a, that's one I just wanted to really highlight. And for me, um, my copper was three times higher than the test would measure. And so I was like, well, that I think we might've found a reason that I feel like I'm going crazy, like literally going crazy. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. So for you, it was, it was an infection, a parasite, and it was also a copper toxicity issue for mm -hmm. me. It was poor diet because I was emancipated when I was in high school, which means I was divorcing myself from my parents and trying to raise myself. And my diet back then was craft macaroni and cheese, literally out of the box. I ate that almost every single day. And I made it fancy by taking a block of cheddar cheese. And after my craft macaroni and cheese was ready, I would just grate some cheddar cheese on top. And that was my uh, amazing meal. And I had that with some absolute vodka to help me cope with what I was going through. So I was drinking and eating Kraft's macaroni and cheese. This is a packaged processed food with a lot of dairy and gluten and things that were causing inflammation. Fast forward 18 years later, I'm dealing with chronic inflammation and I have this leaky gut issue that went undiagnosed. That's now leading to mood issues, anxiety issues, depression, skin issues. And this was all my body trying to send me signals to say, Niku, something is wrong. And it, it stemmed from my diet. And a function of leaky gut is it gives you intense intense sugar cravings. Like your body is screaming for a dopamine hit. And we often get that dopamine hit through reward and acknowledgement and through sugar. So if you're experiencing sugar cravings, if you're experiencing chronic inflammation, if you're experiencing massive bloating, a tip I'm going to give you is look into, do you have a leaky gut? And then if you're experiencing some of these mood issues and you're feeling very stressed out, you know, your adrenals are off. You're having issues with your sleep. You're having issues with anxiety, perhaps even depression, look into toxicity issues. Maybe you're dealing with a copper toxicity issue. Maybe it's mold. And I'm sure Jody can dive in deeper about that, but where do we begin? Jody, someone's listening right now. And they're like, Holy cow. I need to see if I have a leaky gut. Holy cow. I need to see if I have a copper toxicity where do they begin to get the necessary testing done? Who should they see? How can they do it? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I mean, unfortunately, um, traditional medicine is not going to be the place to go. Um, they're really looking for disease. Um, and I don't, copper toxicity is not a disease. Leaky gut is not a disease. And so they're looking for, you know, serious medical conditions. That's what their tests are designed to do. And so if you go to your conventional medical doctor, that's what they're going to rule out. And then their kind of secondary role is to help you eliminate symptoms. So they're going to provide you with, you know, medication or other tools to eliminate the symptoms without asking the why. So if you want a different level of testing, then you have to go to somebody who does that. So the difference between, you know, the testing that you and I do, um, I'm not sure if you, I think you do testing. Yeah. So yeah. the difference between that testing and what conventional medical doctors do is that we really look at imbalances, right? So we're looking at things before they're at a disease state. Um, and so when you want to know imbalances and not whether or not you have a disease, you have to go to what's called functional lab testing. So you need to go to a functional medicine practitioner that will run functional lab testing. So, you know, I run hair testing, 
on people. And that's what looks for copper toxicity. And I just want to note that hair tests are not all made the same. So I get a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I ran, you know, a hair test through blah, 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 lab and blah, 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 lab. And there's only two labs that I'll actually use because the other labs wash the hair samples before they analyze it. And they don't look at ratios of minerals. So you have to make sure that you're going to a practitioner who's trained in copper toxicity and properly trained to understand how to read hair tests, because you know, sometimes I'll see a mineral that's really, really high on a hair test. And that doesn't mean that you're high in that mineral. It actually could be that your body's losing it. And so you're actually low in that mineral. So you have to really understand the patterns around hair testing and make sure that you go to a practitioner that's properly trained. There was just an HTMA summit. Um, so I know there's a lot of really great speakers there that are educating people more about that. Um, with um, SIBO, as you were mentioning, you know, you need to go to somebody who's trained in running a SIBO test. Um, a GI map is another big one. Um, and then mold, as you mentioned, that's another um, kind of missing link. So I actually saw three functional medicine practitioners before somebody picked up that mold was actually, you know, one of the biggest root causes of my issues. So I was living in an apartment and, um, it's really funny because I thought, I thought the apartment was haunted at one point and I'm really not into ghosts, but I was like, why can I not sleep? Like what is going on with this apartment? And, you know, it wasn't until I left the apartment that I started to put the pieces together. There was water um, damage behind the bathroom wall. I didn't see the mold. It wasn't like I was living in some like dingy, you know, you think of horror movies when you think of mold, you know, like the dingy moldy. It wasn't like that for me. I mean, there was like a tiny bit in the bathroom, but most people have some degree of mold in their bathroom. So I was like, ah, it's not an issue. And then I put the pieces together, you know, the water damage behind the wall was causing these invisible mycotoxins to go into my apartment. And that's why eight years into gut issues, I started to have other issues go on because my body wasn't well to begin with. And then I moved into a moldy place. So, you know, somebody else might've moved into that place and felt fine, but I was susceptible to the mold. And so that is where, you know, the panic and the severe anxiety. And for me, I actually have Lyme. And so the Lyme actually flared up. I didn't know I had it, but it flared up um, under the surface as well. And so it started to cause this like complete, chaos cascade in me, um, that, you know, it took three practitioners and probably about six years to figure out what was going on. So going to somebody who has mold on their radar, if you're anxious is really important. Yeah. I love that. And it's interesting you say that I have a, a Pilates client of mine who was in her session this week and she's like, yeah, you won't believe this. I just found out that I have mold in a wall in her room, like right behind there, just water seepage. And I was like, get out of your room. <laughs> yeah. Like go get stay in the house. living room, go stay at your friend's place, like get out until they fix it. Because it is a process. Like first they need to come in and do mold testing. And then they need to go through all the proper procedures to get that mold taken care of. If you think you might have mold or you see water damage or leaking in your house, like get it tested right away and then try to get out of there because it, it is a hidden killer. It really is. And I, I don't want to like freak people out or cause more anxiety by saying that, but this is something that a lot of people don't look for is if there's a mold issue and then, or if you have cavities, especially those silver cavities, you need to take a look at what's happening in your mouth too, because that's now been linked to mood issues, gut issues, health issues as well. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, I actually, um, had, cavitations. And I don't know if you guys know what cavitations are, but basically they're infections in the jaw. Um, and so I had my wisdom teeth removed, like most people do like early on in my twenties. And, you know, I thought nothing of it. The problem is when you're removing wisdom teeth or when you have root canals, um, when you remove wisdom teeth, they don't take out the ligands, um, of the teeth properly. And so when you're healing, the body doesn't know, do we grow bone or do we grow tissue? And so what often happens is in this cavity where this, this hole, where the tooth was, 
um, you will have tissue in there instead of bone. And so what had happened for me is that the bone had closed around a whole bunch of hidden tissue in my jaw that was infected. Um, and so that was causing, it was preventing me from healing. I wouldn't necessarily say it was causing, you know, I can't obviously say this is what it was causing, but when you're really, really sick, um, it doesn't take much to have like another straw on, on the haystack is really going to matter. Right. And so this is where things like having cavitations and, you know, having cavitation surgery is going to make or break things. And for me, I had four, four cavitations that I was living with. I had chronic infection, Lyme hides in there, whole bunch of stuff can get in there. It can stress the body out so that you don't have the ability to heal. Um, so it can be really, really huge. And, you know, my regular dentist again was like, Oh, no problem. Everything's great. Um, and that wasn't the case for me at all. So yeah, dental, that like mouth issues can be like a massive, massive, um, root cause hundred percent. And if you're someone that you have this intuitive feeling within you, that something is wrong and whoever it is that you're working with is telling you everything's okay. Just get a second opinion yeah, and get a third opinion because like you, Jody, I had gone to 14 different doctors on the hunt of what was wrong with me. And I saw two functional medicine doctors and a naturopathic doctor before someone figured out, I think you have leaky gut. Like it, it really took me going to a ton of different experts and professionals. And I was relentless. I was like, I don't feel well. And I'm not going to live the rest of my life feeling this way. I'm going to keep going to people, going to people, seeking referrals, talking to my friends, telling them how I'm feeling. These are my symptoms. What are you dealing with? Who are you going to until finally I found a person that was able to properly find my root cause, which was my leaky gut. And when that healed, my mood started to improve. My depression started to uplift. My anxiety started to, it's not completely gone. There's still a lot of work that I need to do on it, but everything just started to get better because the problem is we may have one issue somewhere in our body. So it could be an issue with a cavity that we had a filling done or a root canal and that issue in the jaw, your whole body is sending all your little warriors and soldiers to help solve that problem. So it's not properly dispersing your troops to healing your gut, to your immune system, to your reproductive system, to your cardio cardiovascular system, to your brain and your cognitive cognition. So you're having issues in all those different systems. If you were just to find the root cause with this thing in your jaw and your mouth, fix that, then everything else starts to function better. It's a holistic approach. Look at the whole person. You know, you said something that really resonated with me. You said relentless. And I get this a lot when people come to talk to me, they're like, well, is this going to work? And I'm like, or like, am I going to waste time? Like, and they're afraid to sort of take the leap. And I think it's really important for people to understand that it's a journey, right? So like if, if one strategy doesn't work, it's not like you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stranded on this desert island with no other practitioners around. It's like, well, just go to another practitioner who specializes in something a little bit different or can bring another layer to the table. Because, you know, even when you heal sort of the obvious physical causes, there may be trauma underneath it you know, which we haven't even gotten into, but like, there's a whole other layer. And so you could, you could be on a healing journey lifelong. Right. And so, yes, we want to see symptoms disappear, but it's important to frame it as like, if you're seeking to kind of, you know, relieve symptoms and feel better and optimize yourself, it's a journey to do that. And each practitioner you see along the way, is going to bring in another layer of the journey. So yes, maybe, you know, some of the practitioners, don't get to, I call it the needle mover or the Jenga block. They're still helping you kind of build your journey of like, well, this doesn't work. So let's try this. And so all of that information is really, really important. You know, I see healing like Jenga. And so I don't know if you guys know that game where um, you're pulling blocks until the, you know, it topples, but you can pull blocks and nothing happens. 
but it's still weakening the system. It's still, you know, helping you get to the end goal, which is to tumble things over. And eventually you're going to pull a block and the whole thing's going to crumble. And that's sort of like your symptom story, right? Like you may, you know, try eating gluten-free and you're like, well, that didn't work. And then you start eating gluten again. No, like you're pulling a block out. You're, you know, it's kind of reverse. You're supporting your body with each block you pull out essentially. And so you're building this, foundational structure to support the symptoms from eventually shifting. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. And for those of you that are really, you know, honing in on that aspect of diet and nutrition and how that may be causing some of these mood issues, seeking that brain connection, I would highly recommend going back to episode one and listening to the conversation with Dr. Phil Carson, who is a doctor of pharmacy turned holistic health coach that helps people with supplementation short-term to help with some of the deficiencies. And we talk about nutrition. We talk about the food and how the food affects the mood and the gut brain connection. So dive into that, dive into the episode with Dr. John Sodery. Those will be some deep dives for you, but for today, I want to really focus on this, this mood issue that a lot of us are experiencing. It's chronic in our society and it's, it's anxiety. And I want to talk specifically about how we mentioned copper and how copper affects the mood and affects our brain and can cause the adrenal glands to produce more stress in our bodies. Let's talk about mold and hormones and other aspects that are also affecting anxiety and are affecting our brain. Right. So mold is a neurotoxin. Um, and mold will create spores that are invisible that we're not going to see. Um, and it can come through walls. Like I was saying, you don't have to necessarily see the mold have mycotoxins in the air. Now for the majority of people, when they leave a moldy environment, they feel better, right? Their body's like, Oh, I have a little bit of mycotoxin in me. They, you know, get it out, they detox it and they feel fine. But for people with either a genetic susceptibility, which is about 25% of the population who can't detox mold or for those with Lyme or, you know, general poor health and poor detox. And when I say detox, I'm talking about liver, lymph and kidney. Um, then, you know, mold is going to cause an issue. You're going to get a buildup of mycotoxins in your system. And for some people, it actually colonizes in the gut and starts to grow in the gut. So these are the people that, you know, tried all of the gut stuff and, you know, they've run the parasite cleanses, they've done the SIBO testing, um, and their gut is still a hot mess. Um, that's when there's mold typically involved. Um, and so mold can also trigger something called mast cell activation syndrome. And um, this is where, you know, mast cells are part of the immune system. They're really quite um, useful until they, I call it going rogue. Um, but when you have mycotoxins in your system, they're an invader. And so the immune system sees that as an invader. And so the mast cells will dump their contents chronically all the time because the mycotoxins are there chronically. And so you get this issue where the mast cells are running around panicking, being like, get out of the body. Um, but the effects of dumping the contents everywhere doesn't actually clear the mold. And so you get in this vicious circle. Now, the problem with having these mast cell contents everywhere, really for a lot of anxiety-based symptoms is histamines. Um, there's also a lot of other um, things that are released like prostaglandins, glandins, and things like that, that cause inflammation, but histamines are the really, really big one. And histamines, um, cause issues with, um, different foods. And they also, it's also a neurotoxin. And so with people who have mast cell issues, you end up with, you know, high levels of histamines in the body. And so you end up with massive amounts of anxiety. Histamines cause heart palpitations. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I have panic attacks. I have racing heart. I've gone to the doctor, you know, I've done an EKG. I've worn a Holter monitor. They say everything is fine. And here I am having these chronic panic attacks. It might be a histamine issue. Um, it also causes gut issues, right? There's foods that are also really high in histamines. Um, the most obvious and most tragic food that's high in histamine is chocolate. Um, and so, you know, if you're eating this quote unquote clean diet, 
but it's high in histamines and you're living in mold, then that's going to be a recipe for more anxiety as well. So, I mean, mold is kind of like the um, core issue. And then when you've lived in it for long enough, it starts to develop all these spinoff issues like mast cell issues or histamine issues. Um, and I could go down other rabbit holes, but we'll kind of just stop there for now. I love that so much. And what are your thoughts on like taking an antihistamine manager? I mean, I think it's really important to first make sure you're looking at not living in the mold and remediating the mold because you can, you know, be on supplements or medication for life. Um, if you don't start to really get to the root causes, so you can get comfortable being on the supplements. So I want to just, before we go into, you know, how to manage it, talk about, you know, going back to moving out of your place and changing your diet or remediating right before you just go straight to like, how do I manage these symptoms? So when I work with clients, I sort of do, um, a tiered approach. So the first approach is remove the histamine foods. Um, the second is let's see if you do well on supplements. There are supplements that really, um, support histamine, um, like breakdown or, you know, calming the body and stabilizing mast cells. And so for those women that can tolerate the supplements, that's sort of the next level of approach. Um, and then the third level is using, um, H1, H2 and mast cell blockers or mast cell stabilizers, sorry, um, until you get to calm the body down. Right. Um, and so for a lot of people, they'll try over the counter, but the problem with over the counter is that there's dyes in them or excipients in them. And so you have all these additive things that are actually triggering the mast cells themselves. And so for people that are really sensitive, you need to go and find a doctor who knows what they're doing and get the compounded version of that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely good supplements versus not so great supplements. And it's all about the way they're being processed, the things that are going into them. So definitely work with someone that's a specialist in helping recommend the best brands, the best options for you. Let's talk a bit about hormones. How do, how do hormones link with anxiety? Yeah. I mean, hormones tend to cause a lot of the anxiety symptoms. Um, but just a disclaimer before we dive in, I actually don't see hormones as the root cause. So I run a lot of, um, what's called a Dutch hormone panel which looks at your hormones. And for the most part, I see them totally out of whack with people. Progesterone being one of the bigger ones. So when you have low progesterone, um, progesterone for a lot of women will stimulate the GABA receptors. And GABA is a neurotransmitter that basically calms the body down. And so progesterone is kind of massaging the GABA receptors, telling the body to stay calm. And so when you're deficient in it, you're not going to be calm. Right. Um, and so this is where I see a lot of women who are low progesterone experiencing a lot of anxiety. Um, and then, you know, along with sex hormones, you also want to think about the adrenal gland health. And so if your adrenals aren't very healthy, then you're also going to experience anxiety, whether it means you're producing too much stress hormones or too little stress hormones. Um, that's a big part of the picture as well. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of people are told, you know, you just have adrenal fatigue. And I think, um, I, I mean, I saw five naturopathic doctors and all of them were like, your issue is adrenal fatigue. Your issue is adrenal fatigue. That and candida um, were the main things I was told. And um, that's not always the case. I mean, for me, it was, I was producing like zero cortisol. Well, there was some, but it was like super low, but for a lot of people, it's, you know, a thyroid issue or an inflammation issue and their adrenals are working just fine, but they're not clearing some of the stress hormones properly. So it's not an issue of actually adrenal health. It's an issue of something completely different. I love that you said that. And you mentioned candida. And for those of you that are like, what is candida? I heard her say that that's just one of those bacteria that we were talking about before and overgrowth of candida can cause leaky gut. It's often related. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I want to really hone in on that you said that, that really spoke to me was this idea of, okay, stress levels. Most people are being diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. 
I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm always anxious. I'm worrying. I'm living in fear. My mind's racing. I, I feel, you know, like I have sweaty palms and my heart's beating out of my chest, panic attacks, all of that. There's a time and a place for stress hormones, Mm -hmm. cortisol. And some people are like, I need to lower my stress. But if your cortisol is too low, then you don't have that ability to feel energetic and to get things done. So what I see a lot when I'm working with people is that their cortisol is flipped. The natural cycle is as the day goes on, as we start approaching bedtime, cortisol should start to come down to relax you, right? GABA should start to increase so that you're getting ready for proper sleep. And as you're sleeping, cortisol will gradually start to rise. And that's what gets you awake and energetic and ready for the day. That's when you wake up and you feel refreshed and just excited and ready to start pursuing your goals, taking on the day, all of that. I see so many clients today that as the day is coming to a close and the sun's going down and they're getting ready for bed, their cortisol actually starts to increase. It starts to ramp up. And while they're sleeping, the body's exhausted. The cortisol starts to come down. So this flip in their cortisol is causing most people to be misdiagnosed with adrenal fatigue. So looking into that, um, is huge for sure. And you know, the body is, you know, having this odd stress response because of another reason, right? So because you're living in mold, because you have copper toxicity, because you're eating a crappy diet, because you have SIBO, because you have leaky gut, um, you know, all of those things are, you know, affecting your stress hormones, they're affecting your sex hormone production. And so if you just zoom in on hormones, like you're, you're missing the bigger picture. So yes, they're important. Um, you know, it's a big part of what I do with people, but the other part is having them realize that, you know, if you can't absorb the fat to make the hormones, cause your liver's jammed, cause you're eating gluten or because you have a worm in you, then, you know, it doesn't matter how many supplements you take to support progesterone production. You need to look at why you're not able to make it in the first place. Exactly. We, we talk about neurotransmitters a lot and the, the four main, the four neurotransmitters, GABA, obviously acetylcholine, dopamine, serotonin, when there becomes an imbalance, if you're dopamine, like dominant, right. You're obviously, you're always just on this high energy, but your GABA is really deficient that you're going to have a hard time falling asleep at night. You're going to have that cortisol imbalance. If you're the opposite, your GABA is really, really high. So you're always relaxed because you're taking progesterone because this is something very, very common with people that are going to hormone therapy. They're being given progesterone supplementation. So they're increasing that GABA production. So they're constantly in that relax. And then that's causing them not to have that energetic side, that productive side, that feeling of let's get some work done like you said, we're diagnosing the symptom. We're, we're masking the actual problem with a bandaid. We got to get down to the root cause, which is that there's an imbalance in the neurotransmitters in our body, that there's something that's causing issues with the production of those neurotransmitters like mold, copper toxicity, hormone imbalances, neurotransmitter imbalances. And another important thing is heavy metals. A lot of people don't even look at heavy metals. Yeah. Heavy metals are a big one. Um, they can be a lot harder to look at initially because if you don't have really good detox pathways, you might be full of them, but you can't get them out. So there's actually for me, a heavy metal test that I have in my closet that I won't run on myself because when you're heavy metal testing, it involves taking something called a chelator, which, you know, pulls or sort of rips the heavy metals out of the the cells and you do it for one day only, but it will basically reflect to you how many metals you have in your system. And, you know, what I tend to see is when people are deficient in minerals. Um, and this is why I love the hair test I talked about earlier is that they will actually be high in heavy metals. So, you know, you're running around stress for, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, you're going to deplete your calming minerals like magnesium and potassium. And I like the example of potassium. So when you're deficient in potassium, it's a super calming mineral. About 99% of women are deficient in it because we're all stressed out. So you're deficient in potassium. So the body sees a a metal called thallium to look very similar to what potassium looks like. 
And so then what ends up happening is because thallium is in the air, because in some places they've actually replaced the lead in unleaded gas with thallium. And so now it's very abundant. So the body is like, oh, this looks like potassium. And it takes the thallium and it gets jammed on the sodium potassium transporter. And then your potassium can't get inside the cell. So now you have heavy metal issue. Um, and interestingly, thallium causes heart palpitation. So I was super toxic in thallium. I ran like a very gentle heavy metal test to find that out. Um, and deficient in potassium, which I was also super deficient in. And so now you have a lot of anxiety and we see this connection all the time where you're, you know, you're low in minerals. And as a result, your body's full of metals because it's easier now, sadly, to get access to metals than it is to get access to minerals. That makes sense. That is fascinating. And it totally makes sense. And for a lot of people that are telling me, I'm just feeling kind of sluggish and tired, or I have a sugar addiction. I tell them, I'm like, well, let's, let's work on that sugar craving by just trying to limit the sugar or find some things that are a better substitute in the meantime of getting you off that sugar craving, for instance, instead of using agave and honey and cane sugar, let's switch to monk fruit and stevia, just trying to kind of get off of some of those products. But the problem is then stevia is really, really sweet and monk fruit is really, really sweet. So they're still sending that signal to release dopamine in the brain. So there's becomes this addictive personality, right? But one thing that you can do is just start increasing your electrolytes and your electrolytes are going to help you get that potassium, the sodium, the chloride, the magnesium to hopefully when you increase the electrolytes, it'll also help you change those taste buds and calm down this intense craving for sugar. Um, I talk about this company a lot. I love them. They're a family-based business out of Utah called Redmond Life. They mine and source all of their own salts. And I am on their electrolyte Relight. Um, it's fantastic. You guys check it out. I take a scoop every single morning. That is my morning cup of coffee. At night, I have my tea, which is more part of my calming ritual. But if you're looking for a good electrolyte to check out, check out Redmond Life check out their relight and you can use the code get elevated G E T E L E V number eight T E D to get a discount on your purchase there. But I, I can't recommend it enough. And if you're an athlete, you're someone that works out and you're drinking um, Red Bull and all these energy drinks and Powerade and Gatorade substitute that for another scoop of relight and your body and your gut and your mind will thank you for that. You talk about the hair test. Who do you like to go with? So I use, um, TEI labs. Um, so that's my favorite. And then I actually custom blend minerals for people, which is really cool. So there's a couple of companies. The one I use is Vicon and you can, if you like the electrolytes you talk about are really great. If you want to continue to hack a little bit deeper and personalize, you can get custom blends, which I use personally and love as well, that are really blended for what your body needs, which is super cool to see the industry starting to advance in that way, right? I love that so much because you're taking an approach and really customizing it to your individual client and their individual labs and their individual needs. I'm probably going to be reaching out to you for that. I'm very interested because <laughs> I do not do blends whatsoever. Let's talk about the mind body connection. Let's dive deep on that. And how does anxiety fit into it? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a huge connection. Um, there's so many different layers to the mind. Um, some of the strategies that I look at is really your mind frame. Um, so I use a lot of cognitive behavior therapy, which is shown to be as effective as medication to, you know, reduce anxiety. So we look at, you know, how you're interpreting the world around you, because the big thing is just because you think it, it doesn't make it true. Right. And so we pull apart. Do you have these patterns where you're thinking about something in a certain way? And yet it's not, it's not true. It's not accurate. And so, you know, you might worry that if you drive to the city, you're going to get in a car accident when the likelihood is actually really small. And so we want to pull that piece apart. Um, the other mindset piece is the limbic system. So this is the part of the brain that triggers fight or flight. And if it's damaged, it can also, you know, cause your body to constantly be in fight or flight. Um, that's a really big one. 
Um, and so there are strategies you can use to kind of set the sensor on the limbic system back in a way where it's calm again. So, I mean, one of the mindset strategies, CBT is a conscious way of coming in at it. Um, but the unconscious way is like the limbic system sort of like filters information that you're seeing in the world around you and decides whether it's safe or not. Um, and then obviously, you know, early trauma can be really, really big. And something that I'm currently training in right now is um, like ancestral trauma and um, early birth traumas. So, you know, the attachment we had with our caregiver, um, especially mom, um, plays a really big role in how our nervous system is developed and then how our mind frame is going to be moving forward. You know, a lot of times there's been early developmental trauma that's gone on. And, you know, consciously as adults, we might try and, you know, act a certain way. But if we have really early foundational wirings that are a different way, that's really going to impact how we see and experience the world in an unconscious way that's going to drive our conscious behaviors. I love that so much. And I love that you're, you're diving into this connection between what may have happened in, I'm not going to say prior lives, but through our ancestry, because things do get passed down. I mean, you think about, I am a piece of my grandmother because my mother was born with all of her eggs already. And that came from my grandmother. So I was already a thing in my grandmother's womb when she was creating my mother. So there are experiences that she experienced that are passed down through me. So I love that you're diving into that and trauma, because if you're experiencing trauma, there are things in your subconscious mind that have been programmed that you need to get into and reprogram and release and work through that are showing themselves um, in your present day, whether it's in your physical, your mental, your emotional, or your spiritual life. Absolutely. You're amazing, Jody. You're like one of my new best friends. We're definitely going to be staying connected. Um, you guys, Jody is releasing her own podcast as well. Go ahead and take a listen to it. The holistic anxiety fix, where she's going to be giving a lot more amazing information. Again, she's coming from three different standpoints. She's also into nutritional therapy. She clearly knows a lot about therapy and mindset and all of that. And then she is a yoga teacher. So she's very intuitive and very connected and very into mindfulness. So I love that so much, Jody. We appreciate you for being on the Failing Forward podcast today. Where can we stay in touch with you, my friend? Yeah, so I have a Facebook group um, called Healing Anxiety Holistically for Women. Um, so if you want to connect with me, that's probably the best and easiest way if you're on Facebook. If you're not, I have a guide, uh, seven ways, sorry, five ways to heal anxiety in seven days. So we look at, you know, pretty easy to implement strategies that are probably not on your radar. And you can find that at go.healingjourneyservices.com slash five ways dash one. Beautiful. We'll make sure that we have both of those in the show notes so you guys can join uh, Jody on her Facebook group, click on the link in the show notes. And then we'll also have the link to her five easy ways to reduce anxiety, which I already grabbed mine and I studied them last night. And it's a fantastic, beautiful PDF with some great action steps for you. Uh, my friends, you'll probably be hearing a lot more about Jody, especially if you're looking into the gut health course, because I'm going to be giving her an invitation to be an expert and a collaborative on that. But with that being said, I think I've asked all my major questions today. Is there one last thing that you want to leave for the audience? One last tip from your journey and what you're currently going through? The biggest thing I like to share is hope. Um, I think that there's not a lot out there for a lot of women. And so does that say hope? I have a necklace on that says hope. Yeah. And so I, you know, and I know personally what it's, felt like to, to not have hope of healing and wonder if it's possible and you, you can get answers, um, and you can find healing. So have hope and be relentless in the pursuit of finding the root cause of your symptoms. Don't just put the bandage on the system. We are here to help you. We love you spreading love and light to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning into the failing forward podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and share this conversation with a friend who needs to hear it. We'll talk to you guys very soon.